What is going on, guys? Welcome to episode four of the Vitality Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, and my co-host, Lauren, is right here. And today, we're going to give a little week recap as per usual. And then after that, we're going to be discussing competing in bodybuilding and what to know before you need to start doing that. Yeah. Really, the reason why we wanted to do this is because, you know, a lot of people see bodybuilding online. They're like, oh, that looks cool because, yeah, it's sick. Obviously, getting all glammed up, glammed up as a woman, especially doing bikini looks great. You look nice and shredded. But we just wanted to get into kind of what goes on the behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about what you should be aware of before you start in the sport. Yeah, a lot of people make the mistake of competing or trying to compete, and it can really put you in a hole financially, physically, everything. Yeah, so first, let's start off with just a recap of our week. Uh, Dylan, what was the highlight of your week this past week? Highlight of my week this past week. Oh, we went out and we got, we went to a taco place that is literally, that's what I was going to say. It's literally right across the street from us. And it was the best tacos I've ever had. It was really small, like corn tortillas. Like it's not like big crunchy, like tacos that you would get from some basic ass taco places. Like the really small crunchy ones and their chicken was just cooked perfectly. Amazing seasoning, everything fucking loved it. That was super good. But we also went to a cookie place after that, that they actually have vegan options, which is great for me because I'm lactose intolerant. So I can't have dairy. And this place had, it's like crumble cookies. Kind of, they have that weekly lineup of the different flavors. And honestly, usually they suck, but this past week they had a vegan pumpkin chocolate glaze cookie and it was to die for it was so good yeah we got really lucky with that because she usually checks that cookie place every single week and it was always shitty flavors like fucking like peach cobbler or like strawberry pie like no chocolate or anything good like that and just coincidentally that same day we i checked the website i was like oh yeah like lauren hasn't checked the cookie place i'm gonna check that and of course the one week she didn't check it was a flavor that she actually would want to eat yeah i feel like almost every week our highlight's gonna be our friday date night because we only go out once a week so every other day is kind of the same so that's probably gonna be our highlight almost every week yeah unless there's some sort of big event or a show or something we go to yeah but i guess moving on something i want to get into first is when you're getting into bodybuilding no matter the division no matter if you're a male or a female the first thing that you need to assess is the reason why you're doing it a lot of people are not in it for the right reason and that's when you see a lot of people failing that's where you see a lot of bad things come into place oh yeah absolutely when you're in it for the wrong reasons first of all you're probably not going to make it through your prep And second of all, if you do make it through your prep, you're probably going to have some mental health issues afterwards. Yeah, definitely. So you should never be doing it because either just because you saw someone else do it and it looks cool or because someone else is pressuring you into do it. That happens a lot, even if it's your significant other that competes and they're like, oh, I really want you to do this with me. If you are not all in, it's going to be a tough ride. 
yeah, this is not something you can just go casually do. You're like, yeah, I guess I'll go compete. This is a serious fucking commitment. You have to cut out a lot of shit in your life. You have to be really strict, at least if you want to be successful at it or not embarrass yourself on stage. Trust me, there's plenty of fat bitches and fat dudes who go up on stage and look like shit and it's because they couldn't stick to their diet and that happens but that's just embarrassing and we laugh at those people like we're like like what are they even like why didn't you put in the yeah i mean in a nicer way if you're not gonna take it serious don't do it it's there's no reason to be doing it if you're not gonna take it seriously i get if it's you know a bucket list item you just want to cross it off but even if you're gonna do it as a bucket list item please just take it seriously because people who do take it seriously will find that a bit disrespectful yeah it's absolutely disrespectful like we put in i prepped this last prep for eight months something like that Mm -hmm. seven eight months and i find it super disrespectful (laughs) when i put in this consistency this work never cheated on my diet nothing and then i go see some lady or some dude up there who looks like he just came up off the street and it's because they couldn't stick to their fucking diet yeah it's annoying it does happen or a lot of people will just decide they want to do a show three weeks before and be like oh i'll starve myself for a few weeks and yeah your stomach might look flat but you're not going to have that conditioning that you need this is a lot of girls tend to get into it especially because they want to be skinny they see these top level athletes on stage you're like oh they have a shredded waist i want that but what they don't see is the amount of muscle muscle maturity training consistency all of the above actually goes into getting a physique like that it is not just being skinny sure these girls at the end of their prep might look a bit skinny some but you have to have a good amount of muscle under there as well yeah absolutely other than your abs when it comes to like yeah if you lose a certain amount of body fat you're gonna have like abs that show you will not have those shoulders that bikini competitors have you will not have that hourglass shape you're not gonna have any of that unless you actually build the muscular foundation to be able to show it once you lose that body fat yeah and a lot of people also tend to just do it for social media that has definitely become more prominent within the last year or two and don't get me wrong i hate when bodybuilders trash influencers they're like oh you're just an influencer you're not a bodybuilder you post your stuff online like no these people are smart they're learning how to actually monetize bodybuilding because bodybuilders don't actually make money they're smart but the problem comes into play when it's you know an influencer only doing it for the content and they're not actually taking it seriously they're still going out with their friends and whatnot Yeah, just because your show day post gets the most engagement out of all your posts out of the year doesn't mean you need to continuously prep for three weeks to go into a show just because you're like, "Mm, my engagement's been down on my Instagram. I guess I'll go prep for a show for some more attention. I, I I know women who do that. Yeah, so Dylan, why would you say that you bodybuild? I bodybuild definitely... I got into fitness when I was 14-ish, and but I always looked up to big physiques like Arnold and uh, Sylvester Stallone. Those were probably the two biggest for me just because growing up, I would watch Terminator with my dad, Rambo, all that stuff. So I fucking loved like the big, like I loved the muscular physique, veins popping, big biceps, all that. Like I was always so into that. And then 
when it came to me, I was naturally really good in the gym, really good at lifting, all of that, enjoyed it. And then I saw the physical things that came with that as well, putting on muscle. I became more fucking confident in myself. And what I loved the most about it is that the work you put in directly reflected the results you got. And like that's, I worked harder than everyone else. So I became stronger than everyone else. I put on more muscle than everyone else. I tracked my food while they weren't. So I made better progress than everyone else. And that's what I fucking love. Cause I will put in the fucking work and it just sucks when a lot of things in life are at least somewhat luck, you know, or the situation you're born into. But when it comes to bodybuilding, it is the work you fucking put in. Money cannot buy a gym physique. Money can buy you a BBL, but I can tell you got no quads or hamstrings or anything. You just got all this fat in your ass. Like to get a gym physique, you actually have to fucking work and be consistent. And yeah. that's what I love so much about it. Yeah, I love that part so much too, that the work you put in is direct because even growing up, you know, in other sports, some kids were just you know naturally so much better didn't have to work as hard but in bodybuilding your results are direct to the work that you're putting in obviously yeah genetics come into play blah 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 but that's also one of my favorite parts of it and i am just such a structured person that the moment i started i was like i fucking love this routine i like being this structured i just thrive on structure i thrive on being busy every minute of the day and I promise you, in a competition prep, you're going to have no issue being busy every second of the day. So I love the structure. I love the discipline that it teaches you. Oh my God, I have changed so much as a person just since I started bodybuilding to now. And I believe that going through things like these super long half a year competition preps teaches you discipline that nothing else can teach you. Ignore that noise. Our cat is climbing into the window blinds. Yeah, he... He doesn't oh, it's usually, nice. He doesn't usually do he that. He doesn't fit very well. <laughs> yeah, he's our fat one. Usually it's just a small one that does that. That's a little weird. Yeah, so another thing that you definitely need to be aware of is the fucking financial commitment, you guys. Yeah, the financial commitment is fucking serious. I genuinely, the last prep we did together, I don't know how we afford it. I don't know. Like, we were literally, we were just both, I was working at a doggy daycare, most of it, and she was door dashing, like, part-time. I I don't know how we afforded it. I don't know. We definitely were, like our bank account would be like overdrafted sometimes but. oh yeah like i would i would have to ask her for gas money she asked me for gas money like <laughs> yeah we were broke broke but we made it work because we're hard workers and we loved it we traveled multiple times it was crazy i don't know how we did that but yeah the financial commitment you are looking at probably anywhere from five to ten grand for a show which is absolutely insane but let's break it down that's gonna sound like a crazy number so let's get into kind of the different things that you should be expecting to pay for yeah so the first thing guys do not do not prep if you don't have a coach and make sure it's a real coach a legitimate coach that has not a trainer at your local gym yeah it's a coach that has social proof of competitors that they've put on stage and please talk to some of these competitors prior as well because some coaches will fuck their competitors hormones maybe they look great on stage but they don't know how to reverse them things like that so make sure that you hire a good coach but these coaches do come at a cost of course but this is a necessary cost I would say they average anywhere from $300 to $600 a month, depending on your coach. Yeah, I'd say 
200 is the very low end. Anywhere from 200 to 600 is yeah. what you can expect. Obviously, the more... If these coaches, you know, have a ton of IFBB pros, have a ton of winners, they're going to be able to charge more. But you get what you fucking pay for. So make the investment. It's your coach. It's going to be a lot. But, yeah, you can expect to be paying that for anywhere from six months, very minimum. But you should be working with that coach for at least a year prior to prep as well. Yeah, I believe the longer you work with a coach, the better. And so... This investment isn't just for your prep. I know like the price we're going over the five to ten thousand is really just over however long your prep is on average. But when it comes to things like working with a coach, that is an expense that should be taken even longer than that. You do not want to just hire a coach to start prep. You need to have at least a pre-prep phase and hopefully you can actually run an off season with your coach prior to pre-prep and prep because then that really allows them to learn your body as well as they can optimize your body and make sure that you're doing the right programming for your division that you want to compete in as well when it comes Mm -hmm. to your training yeah and if you are going to a coach and saying put me in prep i want to compete in this show in 12 weeks and they're taking you on that's probably not a good sign yeah that instantly if they have no idea Okay, if you have been in a good place calorically, if your calories are in a good place, your body composition composition's in a good place, you've actually been putting yourself through a good off-season, that's a different story than, of course, yes, you can come to a prep with this information, this is how much I'm eating, blah, 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 blah. But if they're just putting you into a prep without assessing your dietary habits, without even knowing what your maintenance calories currently are... I don't know what the fuck they're doing because you can't just throw a random number and expect it to work, but that's what they do a lot of the times. Yeah, I would say on average for lifestyle prep clients, doesn't matter, just to even figure out where exactly their maintenance is, it can take anywhere from three to four weeks, maybe even longer depending on where someone is metabolically yeah and let's be real most people are not in the best place metabolically oh no yeah (laughs) most especially especially the women who will come and be like i want to do a prep in 12 weeks they're like oh i'm eating 1100 calories right now and doing an hour cardio every day and don't have a good body composition but can you get me shredded like no no fuck no now lauren went to her current coach ready to prep but lauren obviously we already track our food food build up our metabolism yeah she had i came a in eating body. like 3100 calories yeah her body <laughs> composition was great everything like that's the difference where we were already tracking everything we already knew what goes into the pre-prep and the off season so we were able to operate that ourselves but 99 percent of people who want to compete definitely cannot do that Yeah, so on top of the coach, obviously there's a food commitment. You're going to be buying more and probably higher quality food that you're used to. I'd say you can expect minimum $100 a week for food. Though, if you are going out to eat regularly, you will probably save money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. On top of that, supplements. I mean, it really just depends here if you're using protein powder. Your coach has you on a ton of supplements if you're taking gear taking PEDs, you know, obviously that's a lot more, but I'd say around $100 a month for supplements. That's on the low, low side. Yeah, $100 a month if you're not on gear. If you're on gear, let's raise that $500 to $1,000 a month. Yeah, and then actually competing at these shows, 
they will fuck you. They will run you for your money because this is this is not this is not a sport for poor people, and they know that. They know that most people competing in bodybuilding have excess money, so they're gonna run you for it. That's for fucking sure. So entry fee. It depends how many categories you're entering. It can be for one category, I'd say it's about 150 bucks, but most people do anywhere from two to four, I'd say on average. So that'll add up as well. Getting things like your tan is 150 bucks, hair and makeup, 150 bucks. Your bikini is going to be anywhere from, I'd say five to, I, I guess you can get one probably on the low end for like three, 400 high end, anywhere from eight, 900. So Bikinis are crazy. Heels, hundred bucks. What else do we have? Travel. Travel depends if you're traveling. That's gonna run you for your money as well. So, all these things really do depend. But on average, for all these numbers, I added it up. It was about seven k. Yeah, and I'm sure there are added expenses in there that we don't even have, like blood work, especially if you're using PEDs, blood work is something you definitely need to get done. Oh yeah. So that's something you'll need to pay for as well and that can run you anywhere depending on insurance covering it or not, anywhere from like 50 up to fucking $300. Yeah, so moving on into number 3. So number 1 was doing it for the right reasons. Number two was financial commitment. Number three is lifestyle changes because- This is where I'm gonna get worked up. (laughs) It's not just three months of following a diet. It's not just three months of training. This is a lifestyle change that you are committing to. If you want to be successful in this, it's you, you have to enjoy the lifestyle. You have to actually enjoy it. Guys, being a bodybuilder, I'm just gonna say it now, not the same thing as being a fitness influencer. Yes, these girls and guys you see that are fitness influencers can go out on their boat parties or go out to the bar every weekend. Yeah, and we're we're even talking more so in prep right now. Off season, yes, you still have to remain strict, but you can have more freedom. At yeah, least. Like but we, in prep, it's 100%, 100% of the time. There's n- nothing. You follow your diet, you do your training, you do your cardio every day nothing else hey you still follow your diet do your training and your cardio every day in the off season we just allow things like cheat me like a cheat meal a yeah, week or something once a week yeah that's the thing right that's the change but the strictness the lifestyle needs to be there year round where you are tracking your food you're paying attention to what you eat you're constantly trying to progress in your lifts you're still trying to make progress or what is the fucking point of the off off season i don't even like calling it off season i just like calling it not prep time because you're still bodybuilding you should still be living the lifestyle now when it comes to prep yeah no alcohol no no eating out not unless your coach tells you none of that shit it's done during prep it's done you need to stick to your plan if you cannot keep yourself from going out and eating fucking mexican with your friends or going and getting shots of tequila don't prep you're not you're just not built for bodybuilding you're not built for the sport you can still get in good shape great shape and not compete you're just not going to get to that leanness that conditioning to compete in a bodybuilding show and that's completely fine like that is completely fine yeah just admit it to yourself stop trying to act like you can have the best of both worlds you could not have your cake and eat it too i just hate to break it to you that's just not how it's gonna fucking work 
And that's not saying you can't have a social life. You can't go out to social events. I know in my first ever prep, I was still in high school. I was still hanging out with my friends. I would even still go out with them. I would just either bring my own food or just not eat, enjoy a diet soda. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah, I'd bring meal prep or have diet soda, all of that with my friends all throughout high school. I've been tracking my food and meal prepping since I was a freshman in high school. So that's something I always did. It's going to be uncomfortable at first, of course, and you might have friends who give you shit. Now, if your friends constantly give you shit or tell you to cheat on your diet, maybe they're not really good friends. If you tell them, hey, this is something I'm serious about and like, please, like, please, I'm just really working on this and they're still trying to pressure you. Those aren't your fucking friends. Yeah, you you need to be 100 percent prepared and 100 percent expecting to outgrow some friendships because that's going to happen as your just lifestyle starts to change some people are going to give you shit some people are going to stop inviting you out oh we can't invite her out anymore she's not going to get wasted with us she's not fun she can't have fun sober what are you guys talking about yeah which is crazy like they're like oh she doesn't want to get blackout drunk she can't come she's boring she's judging us and that's another thing it's like people will stop inviting you places just because you're not going to get super drunk with them because they think you're some kind of alcohol virgin they think that you're judging them for drinking you think that you're gonna like freak out if you see alcohol you're like no i'm just i'm just doing this for my health right now like i don't give a fuck what you guys are doing but that's not how they're gonna see it and they're gonna feel judged they're gonna feel inferior so they're just gonna start stop inviting you they're just insecure and they're envious that you are taking control of their health and they can't because the reality is people who need to drink regularly go get drunk that it is proven this is a fucking fact that is linked to trauma to child usually childhood trauma that you are drinking doing drugs to get away from and so when they see you not having to do that you're comfortable enough in your own skin that you don't need to drink you you're focused on your path and your goals and your dreams it really does make them uncomfortable and while you think it may be your fault or there's something might be they're going to try to make it like there's something wrong with you it's just that they're a little bit broken inside and they're not comfortable opening up about that yet or doing any self-discovery yet and they're going to take it out on you yeah so you can definitely be expecting to outgrow some friendships but that's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing if If you're losing friends because you're trying to take care of your health, you're trying to take something seriously, you have these goals that are really important to you and they can't respect that, it's good. I mean, better now than later. Yeah, look forward to your show day or show days because I promise you some of the people you meet backstage are going to be such cool people. You'll meet people around your age. They're going to have similar interests to you. And I've never met anyone mean backstage or anything like that. It's such a welcoming place because everyone is a hard worker there. They've worked for their goals and they know the work you do put in and respect you for it. Unlike those shitty friends and you can make new ones right then and there. Yeah. And you're just going to learn so much about yourself along the way. You're going to be like, how the fuck was I even ever friends with these people You're going to learn so much more self-respect. You're going to learn how to set boundaries. It's going to be a lonely journey for sure. 100%. It's going to be lonely at times, but spending that time with yourself is healthy. Really trying to develop, you know, what, what do I actually like? What actually fills my cup? 
Yeah, because when you're going through high school, college, even in your entire 20s, depending on what stage of life you're at, sometimes you just don't really discover yourself. You just kind of follow the crowd, do what's expected of you. Like, oh, I grew up, I got good grades in school, I went to college, partied with my friends in college, got an internship, worked that, and you just kind of follow that standard path. And whilst for some people that is exactly what they want to do, a lot of people, it's not exactly what they want to do. A lot of people, they don't even follow the career they actually want because they were too scared or their parents pressured them or their teachers pressured them into taking a safer path. And eventually you will discover yourself. And I genuinely believe bodybuilding for Lauren and I both doing that thing that was just so different from the norm did help us discover other interests we had and go take our own paths and just actually discover ourselves because we got comfortable being uncomfortable and comfortable being different from other people. Yeah, Dylan, would you say that bodybuilding did make you personally outgrow some friendships? Um, no, I, my friends were all pretty supportive overall. I would say, do I spend as much time with my friends? No, but I had a lot of friends who went to the military as well and all that. So it's not like I'd be spending time with them anyways. My friends were overall really supportive, but I was also very anti-drugs, anti-drinking. I didn't even have a sip of alcohol or smoke weed or anything until I was an adult. Like, so for me, I always was really responsible and had responsible friends. All of my friends were if you looked at the top 10 in my graduating class, all of my friends were in the top 10. And so for me, they respected me and my grind. So it wasn't as, it was not as bad as for most people. Yeah. I mean, I never had a bad falling out with any of my friends at all. Genuinely, we just started to grow apart. That's what's going to happen if we don't share the same interests anymore. Yeah. At some point, you know, I did stop and getting, getting invited to as many places because yeah, unfortunately, every social event is surrounded by food and alcohol, and that's not something that I was partaking in. So, yeah, I did outgrow a lot of friendships at the time for sure. Yeah, I would say I probably got invited to a few less things, like thinking back to it, but it was never something that bothered me because honestly, I was very comfortable just going to the gym and enjoying and being by myself yeah, and like doing my thing. Exactly. I had no problem with that. And like that didn't make me resent them in any way when they didn't invite me to something because honestly, I was totally fucking okay with it because I don't want to go out with them while they're drinking and getting hammered. Like that's not an enjoyable experience for me. So I would rather just be by myself and work on myself. Yeah, I would say I'm definitely way more of an introvert than an extrovert. So I just genuinely enjoy being by myself. Mm -hmm. I love my alone time. I don't need to be surrounded by people 24 seven. So it definitely just works out. And getting into bodybuilding just made me realize that even more oh, yeah. that yeah I do just genuinely like being by myself and I think that's super healthy I think some people have an issue when they can't be alone with themselves that they always need to be surrounded by people always need to be doing something because they don't want to be left with that time to just think and you know kind of process what's actually going on in their life they just want to be busy 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 yeah. surrounded by people adrenaline adrenaline that's all linked to the drinking and everything else. It's a lot of it is past trauma where you need that validation from other people and that attention from other people because of something that happened in your past. Yeah. And something else that you can be pretty much expecting is unfortunately health issues of some kind. 
not for everybody. I won't say everybody undergoes health issues, but the human body is not supposed to be dick skin lean. It is just, especially as a woman, you are not supposed to be shredded to the bone. So yeah, when you're, especially if you hold that look for too long, you're probably going to undergo some sort of health issues. Oh yeah. I know for me, I think prep definitely expediated my fucking balding, which not super happy about that, but uh, that was... I don't think it did. I don't, something did. And it has to be around that time. I mean, it's, yeah. So that's something interesting. Um, I know Lauren, go ahead, go read off your list of <laughs> issues that have been linked and why, what, what did you do wrong? Okay. So this past prep, no health issues, nothing. It was perfect. Literally no, no complaints. My calories didn't get too low. I got way more conditioned. No problem at all. Which, but would you credit that partially to like being on like exogenous hormones? Um, to an extent, yes. I was on TRT the whole time, testosterone replacement therapy, which I kind of was almost, I wouldn't say forced to get on, but I was a teenager. I didn't really know any better and my doctor told me to. So yes, I've been on testosterone replacement therapy since I was 18 years old, which is absolutely insane. What kind of psychotic doctor would go straight to fucking hormone replacement therapy for a teenage girl. Absolutely insane. Fuck that shit. I regret it a lot, but it happened. But the unfortunate part about testosterone replacement therapy or any hormone replacement therapy is it's almost a, a lifetime commitment. I'm not saying you can never come off of it, but it will be a long, exhausting process trying to come off of it because especially being on it for a long period of time, your body's going to come reliant on it and it's just a whole mess. But that's besides the point. Um, I would say definitely. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, TRT does help you maintain some muscle mass. Yeah. It typically, uh, helps you be able to eat more food. Yeah. Nothing crazy. I'm not on a crazy high dose or anything. Yeah. But I, I bring that up as well because there is foundation for, being on something like TRT, like I'm not saying blasting gear, I'm saying something like TRT is healthier than doing a natural prep because when you do get that lean, you can have hormone issues and things like that. And that actually helps keep something like your testosterone, which is something that commonly crashes up. Mm -hmm. Exactly, 100%. So I would fucking argue that sometimes being on TRT throughout a prep is going to make you come out the other side healthier than mm -hmm. not being on it. I would, I would agree to be honest like i would agree for a lot of people now some people don't have hormone issues on prep men uh will sometimes be able to get through it a lot easier but women especially i would say looking at your blood work looking at your hormones and actually addressing those during prep is not a bad idea yeah and this is not at all me telling 18 year old girls to fucking get on uh, trt because it's one of my biggest regrets but, you know, if you ever are going to go that route, do not go through a fucking doctor. Holy shit. I, I have so much hate for that lady that put me on such a high dose. She was, so I'd say an average dose of TRT is anywhere from, some women are on like three milligrams, anywhere from like three to three to 20, 20 is pretty high end for that. But you're supposed to also split up the doses into, 
as many injections as possible, really. But she didn't tell me that. She gave me zero education about it. She was like, here, I'm prescribing you this. Inject it into your ass once a week. Yeah. I did it, and I had I underwent some bad side effects that, unfortunately, are not irreversible. Obviously, my voice dropped a lot, which is hard for an 18-year-old girl to go through. Like, And it wasn't even my fault. I was misled so bad. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Doctors don't know shit about endocrinology, nutrition, none of that. So they cannot help you when you're a bodybuilder and you have these health issues. They have no fucking idea what they're talking Literally, about. Literally, all she tried to keep doing was increasing my dose. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like, seeing it firsthand like that, not only with that, my... A psychiatrist did the same thing with my fucking antidepressants my thyroid doctor like all these doctors putting these hormones yeah. putting these you almost died from your thyroid putting these band-aids onto the issues and just constantly trying to up your dose so they get fucking paid more like that's what it is don't trust anyone that's getting fucking paid by your prescription level yeah it's fucking insane just don't trust our medical system with anything like that in general if you have the flu great go to the doctor but if it's something like hormonal yeah, or it's like no. don't go like it's different if you have a fucking illness go to the doctor but if it's anything else go yeah, to someone else speaking from firsthand experience so that's what i'm going off of here but my thyroid doctor to start fucking put me on a dose way too high like i'm saying Right now I'm on like one eighth of the dose that she had me on, but I was on that and I was I was actually at a bodybuilding show uh, watching my friend shout out Ava, but um, I was there and I literally almost had a heart attack. Like I had to leave. I was like fucking bawling my eyes out because my heart was just going fucking nuts and I was super scared. Um, I had to go to the emergency room. I was in there for like a full day because it's literally just because the T3 that my doctor had me on was so way too high. Just yeah, she almost crazy. had a heart attack. Yeah, so I've had my fair share of health issues, and doctors have not done anything but made it much worse. I'm on so many exogenous, you know, hormones, my T3, my T4, my testosterone, that honestly, I just haven't taken the time to fix myself. That's going to be a post-pro-card journey, because that's going to be a long journey to try to get off of these things now, but I have successfully... Um, come off my antidepressant which is a huge win i was on that for so many so many so many years and it's definitely super hard to come off of and i wouldn't say the side effects are completely gone yet i don't know how many months it's been probably like three months maybe two or three yeah so i did a half dose for a while and the crazy thing here is that my psychiatrist dylan was literally in the room with me she like tried to stop me from coming off she was like why would you ever want to do that? This is so dumb. Why yeah. would you do and that? And guys, antidepressants, newsflash, don't fix anything. All they do is trick your brain into giving it some happy hor hormones. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, look, I feel good. But whatever the problem is that's giving you your anxiety, your depression, it's not fixing it it's putting a band-aid over it so the problem is you can never come off this drug because then when you come off it you feel a thousand times worse and it just feels like the world's crashing in on you yes all you this can you can come off of it obviously i just did yeah. but yeah it feels like you can't feel any sort of you know happiness because your brain is not capable of producing that serotonin anymore but yes yeah, so it's possible it takes a long time and it's not fucking easy but it's possible um and just one of the worst things about antidepressants is like, yeah, it's going to take away some of your sadness, but
but you're kind of just going to be neutral. You're also not going to be able to feel those extreme levels of happiness. You're just kind of going to be numb almost. It's fucking sad. Yeah, your body. Because, again, it's feeding you like a happy... It's feeding you that happy like hormone. So, and then your body stops producing it yourself. So it's like until you take redose, you're not going to feel that again. And eventually your body just gets used to it and gets used to being fed it. So just to be level, you need to take it. Yeah. And I never needed a fucking antidepressant. I never did. She was a child. Do not put your kids on antidepressants. Like, are you fucking joking? Like any anti-anxiety, anti-depression medication, that's such bullshit. Like kids. Yes. Oh, kids are hyper kids are emotional yeah they have hormone changes going on every year of their life like what do you expect to have happen like they're children just teach the children how to deal with yeah, their maybe emotions maybe let's assess the other things going on in their life are are bad things happening at home are they getting bullied at school are they eating fucking hot dogs for every meal how's their nutrition those are questions that i was personally never asked i was never asked any questions before getting put on any medications they just happily give you that happy pill yeah and stop validating your kids fucking issues whenever they feel bad like everyone's gonna have bad fucking days yeah i'll tell you my dad my dad comes from a war-torn country he saw children get fucking their heads shot off and the mother's trying to put the brains back in their bodies and he would tell me that he's like dylan he's like you're upset because i told you to go outside and you want to play xbox you're really upset about that oh like you can't concentrate in school he's like this is what i had to deal with this was my life he says you see this picture of my graduating class there's three that are still alive of my entire graduating class and you're complaining about this shit you're fucking sad yeah he's well like, i do not like that comparison game at all i don't think anyone's hardship should be compared to other people's because everyone has their own mental battles and i don't think since you have do not struggle with depression that it's something you can really speak on but that's just me that's my opinion i don't think the comparison game is ever a game to play i'm just saying there's always better ways to handle i'm saying it. he didn't need drugs to get over it he didn't need drugs to try to work on himself like other people all those people that go through that they a lot of them don't get access to the drugs we do in america america pumps those how do all these other people in every other country get through it yeah i completely agree with that i just don't think anyone's hardships should be compared to other people's that's my thing but um, you know, yeah, I don't, I just don't think medication's the best answer. Obviously, I agree with that completely. All right, awesome. Let's see what's next on the agenda. What would you say that your biggest battle has been when it comes to your health issues, when it comes to like thyroid, voice, like all of that? What would you say is the hardest thing that you've gone through so far? Hmm. Ah. Uh, fucking all of the above that i just mentioned really it's just something that really sucks my food was for some for an extended period of time i was eating five six hundred calories a day prepping for my first show it was completely terrible i was doing two plus hours on the stairmaster every day so my body was in a terrible place that's where all these health issues first arose from um and yeah i mean the biggest just all my hormonal issues after struggling so bad with a lot of depression anxiety digestive issues all of the above it was a tough couple of years and really just feeling alone in the process because you know obviously my family didn't understand i was trying to go to the countless doctors just because i didn't know what else to do 
so that's why it just made these issues worse but just feeling alone in the process was just really fucking hard yeah so digging into a, obviously a huge link to all of that was getting the 500 600 calories so to get that low on prep did you have any eating disorders or were you under eating before prep and you just didn't take a good off season no well, i was not under eating before prep i was actually working with a different different coach before prep that i was i mean i was eating probably like 2600 calories which for at the time was completely fair um just it was a whole mess what was your other question uh i was just asking like how like did you have like an eating disorder disorder, i would say no definitely not prior at all but i'd say it it got my relationship with food i'd say got the worst after my first prep just because i was trying to strictly follow this reverse and my hunger hormones were just so bad that i was just constantly so fucking starving no matter what so it arose just a really bad relationship with food that's literally all i could think about constantly was just when what am i how can i make this meal as big as possible for the least amount of calories as possible that was just what i was constantly thinking of i couldn't even go out and enjoy a social event because i was just thinking about food the whole time and if you're in a situation like that like i feel for you because it is so exhausting yeah guys and that's a huge thing you i have to emphasize your relationship with food needs to be good before you start a prep and you really need to focus it will not make it better you really need to focus on being in the right headspace like that's why i also believe in having a pre-prep and off season where you do build up your food and build up your body fat because if you are comfortable eating more food get getting a little fluffier then that to me it does indicate you are in a better mental space because i know people who they start increasing their food they start gaining a little bit of weight and it's like two months it's been only fucking eight weeks and they're like okay i need to do a cut i need to lose this and like that's when it shows that they are not comfortable with themselves and with food yet and that can be a huge fucking problem during prep and after prep yeah like even if you go into prep with a great relationship with food it's awesome you're probably still gonna come out of prep with some sort of issues i mean like right now like i'm in the best place ever with food like oh my god my macros are so high i can eat literally whatever i want that fits within my macros like i'm in the most awesome place where i don't even have much of an appetite which honestly i prefer but i know i'm still gonna come out of my next prep starving like yeah it's gonna happen yeah you're going to be hungry you need to know that you need to know that and that's why following your reverse is important but i believe when it comes to following your reverse sometimes people will be so strict on it where it's like you don't even give yourself any cheat meals or anything like that i believe the best way to do it is implement oh you start out with one cheat meal a week for your reverse oh then you can go to one intuitive eating day or maybe two cheat meals whatever it is like something that starts giving you just a little bit more freedom a little bit more freedom be able to address your cravings and that's going to make it easier to stick to your reverse until your metabolism is in a good enough place where you can have some more leniency and you're not going to blow up because that's the thing if you end your prep and you don't do a proper reverse you can gain 30 40 pounds you get fucking fatter than where you started your prep within weeks yeah absolutely and one of the biggest things that i'm personally going to change in my next prep is 
I, I feel like one of the worst things that you could possibly do is trying to constantly cure your cravings tr- with all these diet foods, with all these, you know, sweets, like protein, ice cream, even. It doesn't make it better. If you're constantly trying to diet hack, if you're constantly trying to eat these processed sweet foods that are going to give you that, you know, taste of sugar, it's going to make your cravings so much worse. I think it's so much better to just stick to whole foods get so much fruit, so much vegetables, so many nutrients, and just not trying to cure those cravings, just completely trying to separate yourself from the food. Like I don't plan on doing any type of sweet food in my next prep diet. I plan on sticking to only single ingredient whole foods. I think that that makes cravings so much less intense, honestly. Yeah, I don't suffer from any hunger issues on prep. Uh, Mine was definitely cravings. I would just crave a certain kind of food. And And if you eat it, oh my God, when you take a bite of something, that's not going to cure craving. No, you just want more. You just want more, 100%. And that's why like, I would sit there, I'd be like, no. So Lauren has seen me multiple times just like sniff something because I'm like, I just need to smell it. Yeah, eating it literally never makes it better when you're that hungry. It's just going to make you want so much more. Like, I know sometimes we'd be sitting down and we'd be like, you know, not that hungry, but we're going to eat our next meal now. And then once you start eating it, you're like, holy shit, I'm so hungry. Like, I just want more. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's like the thing with like, People who intermittent fast, the people who can't do it well, are the people who are like, oh yeah, I feel fine. But then once they break their fast and they start eating, they just don't stop. And that's when that becomes a problem. Yeah. So I feel like all around, we've just been kind of saying a lot of negative things that happen on prep, but it's just the fucking reality. It's just what you need to be aware of. We obviously love it. We're just planning on competing forever. So let's get into some of the good things about prep what you feel like you gained dylan what is the what is your favorite part of prep my favorite part of prep i mean the fucking confidence i'm honestly like getting shredded and like like i love that and i don't have any issues when it comes to dieting or anything like that because it's not just getting shredded also if you have acne most people once they get on prep because you're eating such a clean diet and you're not eating excess food that your acne will go away you'll lose body fat everything your mind's clear just because you're not as slowed down from all the fucking food you're eating because it really if when you're eating an excess amount of food you are literally slower so let me say it like this the only thing that makes off season better for me is the food freedom obviously being able to enjoy more fun foods go out i love you know going out to a nice dinner even getting a margarita sometimes whatever but that is the only thing that makes it better for me personally my body likes being fucking lean i i thrived i I feel, you know, lighter, just more mobile, not always weighed down. I, you know, a good level of hunger just like feels good sometimes. I don't know how to put it, but I feel less lethargic. My body alarm is I'm waking up at 5 a.m. every morning by myself, whereas as an off season, I just feel so heavy, so weighed down, so greasy, having to eat all this food. My acne gets bad. I just feel sleepy all the time. So personally, I fucking love prep. The only downside of prep for me is the hunger. I struggle with hunger a lot. I have a huge appetite, but that's it. That's the only downside of prep for me. Yeah, I just feel so much more like motivated. Like when I'm on prep. Yeah, obviously content goes so much harder. Oh yeah, it's just hard like 
I'll be honest, like off season, even now, like I'll look at myself in the mirror and like, I'm like, I'm not necessarily happy with what I see. Like I know, like I'm in a good place when it comes to my bodybuilding pace and doing everything like that. But it's like, obviously like, I wish I could be like fucking shredded year round. And then like, sometimes I can hurt motivation, hurt confidence, things like that. And that's why having such a beautiful partner as I do telling me reassuring me is so important because i doubt myself a lot that is probably my biggest biggest struggle self-doubt so i need reassurance or like i just lose all motivation yeah 100 percent. it's obviously frustrating at times you know you have to go through this phase if you want to be a successful bodybuilder you have to put on this body fat be patient put on this muscle because muscle takes a long, long time to put on. You have to be patient with it. But yeah, obviously everyone wants to be shredded year round, obviously, but you have to go through this phase if you want to be a successful bodybuilder. Absolutely. And connected to that and having discipline because this is discipline, right? Staying that higher body fat percentage, not wanting to cut after eight weeks of bulking that is a part of discipline as well as sticking to your meal plan not going not giving into fomo going out and drinking or cheating on your diet and that is discipline the discipline that's instilled into you with bodybuilding takes into all it goes into all facets of life whether that's your mm-hmm. job like your business or how you fucking just live your life with a routine and you just you're healthier for it having discipline is so important having routine is so important we are animals and having that is like you will be a thousand times healthier mentally and physically because of it yeah and i think all around you just honestly gain self-respect because you kind of just see what you're capable of accomplishing something like that is more than 99.9999% of the population could ever do so just by doing that you're gonna gain a level of self-respect you're gonna learn how to set boundaries you're gonna learn how to do a lot more things for yourself all around it teaches you something like it's kind of similar to being in the fucking military it teaches you so much discipline teaches you so many things that not many aspects of life can teach you and so many people say that it leaks into every single other aspect of their life it teaches you to say fucking no like so many people like can't like that's the whole fomo thing right so many people can't say no when they're asked to go out so many people can't say no when someone offers them a Mm -hmm. shot so many people can't say no when they're like do you want a slice of pizza you learn to say no and that's that self-respect part i respect myself I don't want to put my body in the position where I'm going and getting hammered and I'm hung over the next day and just feel like shit. And it's yeah. taking you away from your goals. You're, st- you're all week. You've been so good Monday through Sunday through Thursday. You've been so good sticking to your diet, doing all your cardio. Then Friday night rolls around and you go get hammered and you just took two steps back. Yeah, exactly. So teaches you a lot and all around it's just an amazing journey. It's so much fun. Competing show day is unmatched it's so much fun like the adrenaline you will gain from it is amazing you will feel so accomplished but obviously it does come with a lot of downsides that you just need to be aware of but all around fucking love bodybuilding oh yeah plan on doing it for a long time so we just wanted to really tell you guys what actually goes on behind the scenes so now to conclude i think we should go over what people should do prior to competing where their body should be 
um, where what financial situation they should be in, everything like that, just big overall wrap up. So they know that you, so you can know if you are in the right position to go compete. Honestly, first step, hire a coach. Literally, no matter how far you think you are out, it's going to benefit you so much in the long run and they can cut out so much of this guesswork for you. They can make sure that you are in a good place metabolically. Let me, let me rephrase, hire a good coach. Please, please beware. There are a lot of bad coaches out there. Holy shit. Yeah, just hire us. <laughs> hire us. We will fucking get you there healthily. But there's a lot of bad coaches out there that literally just throw out a diet plan to the same 15 yeah. girls, throw out the same training plan, cardio. Like, oh, God, it's yeah. crazy. I've seen some bad shit. Lauren, have you ever told a girl that, no, you're not ready to prep? Like, oh, yeah. I'm putting you in prep? Oh, yeah. I've had girls leave me because I don't want to put them in a prep because I know they're not ready. Green flag. That is a green flag, guys. It's a green flag from a coach if they're telling you you're not ready to prep. Yes. Please don't just, oh my God, so many girls just go, they're like, oh, this coach won't put me in prep, so I'm going to go find another coach that will. Guys, there's a reason. There's a reason this coach is looking out for you. This coach is trying to keep you healthy. Please listen to good coaches that are telling you you're not ready to prep yet there is a reason for it yes so our big recommendation have a coach and let's say you want to compete in december of 2024 you better have a coach by december of 2023 yeah i just one of my returning clients actually this past week she wants to compete december 2024 so we just started working together november 2023 that's great I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> yeah, because that's going to give the coach time to learn your body, make sure your metabolism's in a good place, make sure your training's right, everything when it comes to that. And if you don't want to take PEDs, that's even more important because you really need your body to be in the right place. So when you prep, you don't have to get your calories, hopefully to like 500. Hopefully you can keep them at least above a thousand if you're a woman, maybe even above 2000 yeah, but I mean, especially when you're a small petite girl yeah, you need to that's... stop comparing yourself to these five seven hundred forty pound girls when you're exactly 411 93 pounds like i if you're 411 fucking i wouldn't be surprised if you have to eat 700 calories like yeah that's a, to size. <laughs> that's a different situation like for yeah don't compare your calories to anyone else so sometimes you just some girls just have to get low if you're on fucking birth control things like that sometimes your body's just gonna fight you so much guys like i'm not gonna tell you not to take birth control but if you if you're serious about competing in bodybuilding you probably shouldn't be on it our cat's losing her mind i think she lost us she didn't know we were in here it's the, it's the little one, not the fat one who's breaking through oh, the window later. Goodness, sweetheart. I'm sorry. Say hello. Meow. That was her. That was her. Whoa. Weird man. Meow. Meow. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, anyways, just beware what you're looking in for. Definitely first step, just yeah. hire a coach. You need to make sure not only that your metabolism, your calories are in a good place, but also that your body composition's in a good yes. place. You cannot have a ton of excess body fat when you're starting a prep. You need to already be, if you have a ton of excess body fat and you're looking to compete, you need to do a, some sort of dieting phase first and probably go into a reverse phase, then think about a prep. But it can be a long, long yes. process if one, you don't have enough muscle mass, two, if you have excess body fat, and three, if you're both of those, it's going to be a long process. So first step for health. Hire a good coach and have them make sure that you're in a good spot. I would recommend probably getting your blood work done. A lot of coaches actually require that. So 
You should be set there financially. You need to be prepared to. Sp- I would say I mean, if you want to be saying, safe, we're not going to tell you you have to be in a great place financially because we definitely weren't. Yeah. So if you want to be safe, you need to be prepared to spend. I would say on the safe side, ten grand. Um, that doesn't mean you need that put away right away. Yeah, and there's also a lot of cheaper alternatives. If you are really on a budget, you can do things like rent a bikini. There's a lot of cheaper alternatives that you can go about. But if you want a really successful, you know, high end prep, yeah, and some money. And if you're planning on competing uh, multiple times, I and like in the multiple years, I would say buying a bikini, things like that are worth it. So yeah. just make the initial investment and then the rest of your preps will hopefully be more affordable until the fucking bikini styles change. Then all of a sudden you gotta go buy a new one. That's happened to me. Yeah, very annoying, but that's a big thing there. So coach and coach will also make sure if they're a good coach, they'll make sure you know all the costs involved and make sure that you're on track when it comes to scheduling your show and all that. Big thing, don't schedule your show. Do not pay for your show day until you're like four weeks out. That's my number one recommendation with that because you just never know what could happen with your body. Mm -hmm. If you're actually going to be responding correctly, you might need to push back that show date. So don't use your, don't spend your money on the show until you're closer to the date because I promise you, you, they will have spots. They will still let you in. You're not going to lose your spot unless you're doing something like summer shredding for alpha Lee. that's the only one that i do believe they close a little bit earlier uh their spots because they do get so many entrants but if you're competing like npc ocb anything like that they should have spots easily with four weeks out yeah no never way. have your head set like i have to do this show keep your options open sometimes your body's just not gonna respond how you want it to yeah i've said like my the rest of my preps from now on i'm just gonna pick a start date for my prep where i'm like okay there are some shows in the 16 to 24 week mark like mark that are between that are in this so this would be the optimal day to start my prep and then whenever i'm conditioned and feeling good i'll go you know pay for one of those shows and go join i'm not gonna set a specific show date anymore yeah exactly so just be aware of what you're getting yourself into you don't don't make any sudden decisions really take time to think about it before getting yourself into this but that's really all we wanted to touch on today just all all the ins and out of bodybuilding prep what you need to expect what you need to be aware of and what you can you know do to best prepare yourself for it yeah your life's gonna fucking change big thing guys just come to the reality that your life is going to change and it'll make everything really easier just accept the change i promise you it's worth it i promise you it's good for you just accept it absolutely so first off thanks you guys thanks so much guys for listening to this if you could do the honor of giving us a five-star rating we would appreciate it more than you know that will really help us grow as a podcast um even if you have some feedback we always always appreciate it um follow us on social media if you want some more great educational content my instagram is hickey.fit h-i-c-k-e-y dot f-i-t-t my instagram is the fat loss guy underscores between each word yeah so thanks so much for tuning in guys let us know if you have any questions and we'll catch you guys next episode peace peace